Why, hello there. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here today, and I think you're going to be glad you're here today, too, because my guest is fantastic. You know on the podcast, I'm all about breaking things down and making it simple, and I feel like if you build simple concept on concept, you're able to make great changes and have a great ability to see improvement. So my guest today is Kelsey Nixon, and you're going to love her because she is going to break down meal prepping and and meal planning and even the difference of it. And the thing that I love about her the most is she even points out in the episode how sitting down and eating together is good for our mental health and that it's more than just eating and having the food, but about the company as well. Before the new year, it's always a little complicated as people always are trying to look for a quick fix or trying to make a change. And you know I'm not really about that. I really want to bring content to you that is going to help you make steps that you can maintain, that can be a lifestyle. So I'm super excited to introduce you to Kelsey today. Kelsey attended both the French Culinary Institute in New York City and the Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School in Los Angeles. Kelsey is a cooking show host cookbook author, and a fellow podcaster. Yes, she has a podcast called Kitchen Prescription. She's also the founder of the Monthly Recipe Club, which is a recipe club that focuses on family meal makeovers that help walk you through the kitchen, what you need, and how to meal prep and plan. She's going to give some really simple ideas today of where to meal prep and meal plan, and I hope that you walk away from today not feeling so scared about your meals and being able to see that you can take steps in the right direction. If one of your New Year's resolutions is to eat healthier, this is going to help give you some real ideas, not any quick fixes, but just some simple things that you can add in to make sure that you are more consistent at making meals and having a variety. And today my shout out is for PE Teach K8. It's titled, Yes Ma'am, Start My Morning Off Right With Her Every Day. She's down to earth, relatable, and knowledgeable. I trust her to do her research and I know that she knows what she's talking about. Love her. Thank you so much, PE Teach K8. This means a lot to me because as you know, especially if you listen to last week's episode, I'm big on if I tell you something, I do try to back it with research because I do think in health and fitness, a lot of times people will say things and and I'm always skeptical where I'm like, where'd you hear that? <laughs> and then I find myself being like, no, no, really, I want to know what article you read that in or what research paper you read that in. I think that's really important because it's really easy for the lines to get really gray and people to think it's so black and white in some areas. And sometimes there's articles that show things in different ways. So thank you so much for that review. If you find this podcast helpful, please don't forget to write a review. I read them all. It helps the podcast grow and it helps us be able to get even more amazing guests like we have today. And before we get into talking about Kelsey, I do want to say this is a busy time of year, and I know that a lot of people have on their mind nutrition and fitness as goals. And again, I want to remind you as you make that choice and you look into different maybe plans or variations or where you're trying to change things up, please be smart about your choices. Please make sure that it is not something that you can't maintain. If you are looking for a great program which helps with workouts, four workouts a week in an app, all video form, or you're looking for nutrition help where you're trying to understand what is going on with your nutrition, if maybe you're under eating or overeating, or maybe your percents of your macros just need balanced or any of that, I teach all of that in my nutrition and workout DFH coaching. We go over the workouts with you. We go over nutrition with you. 
And my goal is eventually to teach you that there is moderation and there is freedom when you understand how food works for you. It is a big piece in my coaching program. All of my coaches believe in that and we really push that towards our clients. And it breaks my heart this time of year when I see people trying to do things that aren't maintainable. So if you are looking for something, DFH Coaching will be your friend. You will hear from us on a regular basis. We do daily emails. You have a weekly check-in where you have myself or a handful of my coaches responding to your questions and your concerns and your exact situation and your nutrition is tailored exactly to your needs based on the information that I collect from you in an application where I go through and I hand do every single person's nutrition intake. So Again, that's DFH Coaching. I will add the link for that in the show notes. You can do just nutrition coaching or you can do workout and nutrition coaching. It's honestly perfect if you're looking for a lifestyle that you can manage and you can still live in because that makes all the difference when we're talking about having success. And also, if you do have diastasis recti, I do have a workout program which has a variation so that it has the healing exercises mixed into the full body as well. So I kind of cover all the gamut in my coaching, nutrition, workouts, and DR help if you need it. Again, the link for my coaching will be in the show notes, and you can also find it on my Instagram, Deliciously Fit and Healthy on Instagram, and then obviously on deliciouslyfitandhealthy.com as well. All right, let's get into it. Let's get some simple ideas of how we can meal plan and meal prep. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. Hey, Kelsey, I'm super excited that you are joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I have to laugh because we're both in our closets. <laughs> we sure are. Kelsey has three kids and I obviously have four. And so we're both hiding away from motherhood to to do our work yes. life. <laughs> My daughter could be crawling out of a crib as we speak, but it's not, not totally sure. <laughs> I know. It's always like, oh, can I multitask this or is my life going to fall apart before I my know. eyes? <laughs> oh, gosh. So Kelsey on Instagram is super big about explaining meals and meals for families. And I fell in love with her page. We actually had a mutual friend, so it was kind of neat that she could set us up to get to know each other and to do this podcast today because I know that meal planning in general and nutrition planning or whatever whatever you want to call it is complicated for people because we are busy. And I love that you try to simplify it. You try to break it down. I really do. You know, I've been working in this industry of food and food media for well beyond 15 years now. And so I could technically be considered an expert. I better be an expert at what I do. But I have to tell you, when five o'clock hits every day, it is still so hard for me to get dinner on the table for my family. (laughs) And it's just one of those things that's hard. I don't care how much you know about it. It's just a hard thing. But I, I believe it's such an important thing. And it's worthy of prioritizing. And so that's why I do what I do, because I do believe it's so important. 
I love that. Okay, so I want you to tell us a little bit about your background because it's pretty amazing. Like you've done so many different things. So tell us how you got into, you know, meal planning and it's been kind of a wild ride. So I grew up in a family that loved food. And that's kind of where my initial love and passion for food came from. My great grandparents owned a diner and my mom was, you know, her version of Martha Stewart. Like I grew up around a lot of really great food, but I also loved, um, I loved television. I loved this idea of working in TV. So I actually got my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism. And then after graduating, went to culinary school. And from the get go, it was never my intention to work in restaurants, but to really focus on helping a home cook because the way you cook in restaurants and the way you cook at home are drastically different. Both are great. They're just totally different approaches. So right out of culinary school, I auditioned to be on this Food Network reality show called Food Network Star, where everyone competes to win their own cooking show. And it was this wild experience. I was only 23 years old, but it really did kind of kick off my career in this very unique industry. So I didn't win the show. Um, I came in fourth, but it did really set me up. And um, from that experience, I went on to host my own show for cooking channel called Kelsey's Essentials that was kind of built around sharing the essentials in the kitchen and focused on things like tips and tools and techniques that I think everybody should know. And then I wrote a cookbook called Kitchen Confidence, all about developing more confidence in the kitchen. But now I focus on, I offer this um, monthly recipe club where I share five new recipes every month that really help everyday moms get dinner on the table, whether you're serving picky eaters or teenagers or you're newly empty nesters. I really just try and help people um, focus on that. And that is honestly the hardest part is getting dinner on the table. I know that's something that... My husband and I, because um, we own a business together and we work together, we kind of split that responsibility. And he's a little bit more responsible than I am in general in life. (laughs) (laughs) I like to fly by the seat of my pants and he's like, no, no, no. And we do things in order. And I'm like, order schmorder. But I realized that sometimes, like, you know, I teach meal prepping and I teach some of that stuff. And while cooking isn't necessarily a strength, I've recognized the more you plan, the easier it is and the easier it is to eat healthy. So you're not flying through a drive-through and not only like, I'm not even against drive-throughs, but I'm like, I'm against a drive-through that was unwanted. If you want to go and that is what you want to do, perfect, go. But if you're going because you've got nothing else and then you're regretting it, that's a terrible feeling. We want to make our choices out of like a choice, not out of a forced road that we have to go down because we haven't prepared. So in meal prepping for you and meal planning, how do you do that and also like take a healthy swing on, you know, trying to get meals ready and prepped? So we're not flying through the drive through every single night and then angry. Totally. And I'm so glad what you said there because you said meal planning and meal prepping. And I think they're two different things. That's a good point. And I think sometimes people get hung up where they say, I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to meal prep this week and I'm going to take four hours on Sunday. I'm going to chop all these veggies. That is hard. That is harder than sitting down and deciding, okay, what do we have this week? We've got a baseball game on Tuesday. We're all home Wednesday. We're all home Thursday. We're going to make this, this, and this. So for anyone who's listening and feels frustrated by this idea of having regular dinner where you're not doing, like you just said, driving through McDonald's at the last minute because everyone's screaming and hungry, start with a meal plan. A meal plan should 
come before meal prep because I, I love habits and I love studying habits. And I really believe that in order to develop a habit or let's call it create a ritual um, for your family, you have to start simple and you have to make it easy to obtain and accomplish. You've got to have a lot of willpower to go from zero to 100 when it comes to meal prep, right? Like you've got to be really, really disciplined. True. It's very true. So before you start meal prepping, which we're going to talk about, and I'm a huge, huge fan of, and I think it's an incredible gift to give yourself, to set yourself up to actually have that ritual habit tradition in your life. Focus on a meal plan. Focus on setting aside one day a week. And for me, it has to be the same time every week. I literally have a reminder in my phone for Thursdays at 9 p.m., which feels like a really random time. Everything's random as a mother, (laughs) right? (laughs) The reason it is, is because on Thursdays, my husband does bedtime start to finish for all of our kids. And so we eat dinner as a family, or if it's baseball or ballet, whatever it is, by nine o'clock, usually everyone's in bed. And I am in the kitchen by myself. And it is my time to sit, take a look at the family calendar for the upcoming week. And I always start by looking in my fridge, freezer, and pantry first before I make any of those decisions. Because I think it's really important to build that muscle of using what you have on hand. Because we all know how frustrating it is to go to the crisper when you've just bought a new bag of baby spinach and pull out the old one that you never even touched because you forgot it was in there. (laughs) It's very true. And I love that you point that out because even when it comes to fitness, the hardest thing is first to get up and to do the workout. But even if you show up and you walk in the gym and you don't have a plan, then you're kind of like floundering around in the gym and you're kind of like getting on machines or Mm -hmm. searching for YouTube or kind of like getting on Instagram before you know it, you're on Amazon buying things when you're supposed to be working out. And you're saying it's the same thing with meal planning. You can't go in and have meal prepping unless you've planned what you're going to have and look what you have and then say, okay, we can do tacos because I have beef. I have tortillas. I don't have cheese. You know what I mean? And you can do it that way because you're going in blindly and then you're angry when it's taking forever or you're missing things. And then you say meal planning doesn't work for me. Meal prepping doesn't work for me because you haven't put, set yourself up for success. Yeah. But what I want to emphasize is that it is so worthy. Like it's so worth figuring this out because it will make your life so much easier if you can develop this kind of mental muscle of figuring out how to do this. So I stand in my kitchen. I have my laptop up because I do online grocery shopping. I'm such a fan. I understand that certain people aren't, but I am such a fan. And I look at what we have. And if we need to use up some chicken breast or I've got a zucchini or whatever, that helps me decide, okay, we're going to do tacos this night. I've got this skillet pasta we're going to do this night. We're going to do grain bowls this night. And then I write it down on my very basic marker board. Like it is not some fancy system. And then I order my groceries there that I need to help complete those meals. So by the time, and this is another key, is I always listen to my favorite podcast while I'm doing it. And I look forward to it. Like it's this, it's like this idea of temptation bundling where you attach maybe a task you don't want to do, like meal planning with something you do want to do, like listening to a podcast. Or if you want to put the office on in the background or front, like whatever it may be. Something you enjoy. Something I enjoy. And it's not hard. Like I can 
look at my family's calendar and pick five things to make for the week or four things to make for the week. So it's nice to have something going on. And then, you know, within 30 minutes, I have just given myself the gift of answering the question, what's for dinner once a week, rather than asking myself every single night, what are we doing for dinner? I don't know. Oh, we'll just go out again. Oh, we'll grab this or or oh, I guess we'll just have frozen chicken nuggets again, which I'm not above a frozen chicken nugget. Trust me, there are plenty of dino nuggets in my life. But like you said, you want to you want to plan for it. And if it is a night, I keep mentioning baseball because my son plays baseball. And so <laughs> if it's a night when we're at the baseball field until 730, that might be a dino nugget night, but I'm going to put it on my plan and that's okay. Yes, it's more about planning to have that. Like if you want to choose to have PB&J sandwiches for dinner because it's busy, go for it. That's great. But it's it's not a great feeling when you feel trapped mm-hmm. into a food because you didn't plan. If you if that's all that fits that night and you know ahead of time, go for it. Great. We eat breakfast for dinner all the time. And you want to know what? I actually plan it sometimes because it's busy. Of and, course. And in the morning or the day before, Paul will be like, oh, tomorrow's crazy. Let's just do eggs for dinner. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Exactly. So again, ultimately, at the end of the day, I, you know, I know you talk so much about health and nutrition with your audience, and that is why everyone is here. And when it comes to this idea of dinner, I think it's important for us to acknowledge the positive effects of getting to that dinner table and the positive effects of mental health there. Totally. And there's so much research that's, that has, has confirmed and supports the idea that sharing a family meal is good for your spirit. It's good for your brain. It's good for your health. Of, of all the family members, whether they are two or 22, it just confirms that many of the behaviors we worry about as parents for our kids, things like getting good grades and avoiding substance abuse and teen pregnancy or depression, all of those things are improved when you are in a family unit or structure that regularly breaks bread together. And so it's beyond just the the inconveniences of daily life. It's really important. It's really important yeah. to prioritize this. Because not only do you have the food, but you're building the mental connections with people you love. And that the people around the table can be anyone, but it's about having that group, that, you know, concrete group that right. you can ask questions. How'd your day go? Was it this? At dinner time, we like to do sweet and sours where I say, what was your favorite thing about the day? What was your worst thing about the day? And sometimes the worst things are so funny. I but know. Sometimes, sometimes they'll say something and then we can talk it through. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, someone was me at school or whatever. And we can talk it through. And because I am very go, 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 if I'm not given that opportunity to sit and ask and listen, I may not hear that bad moment of their day. And so I agree with you that it's, while we do want to, you know, focus on meal planning and meal prepping, there's more to it than even just that for our mental health. Like I'll say, I spend all my time creating content, whether it's for television shows or I have a podcast as well, or my recipe club, giving people recipes. But at the end of the day, I don't care what you serve your family at the table. I just want you to get to the table. I think that that's the most important part. So if that means you're going to pull out every box of cold cereal you have and put it in the center of the table at 745, because that's the only time you can all get there sit down, make it fun, share the sweet and sour. I, we do this at our family too. And my daughter actually said last week on her sour, she was like, the fact that we're having tacos is my sour because she wanted 
<laughs> she wanted pretzel chicken. It was such a fun, but like you said, those so are great funny. memories. And right? look, I've got, my kids are not too dissimilar from your ages. I've got a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. And most times our dinner table is chaos. Trust me. It is not that perfect picture of everyone sitting down and smiling and looking at one another. But I believe in the ritual of it. I believe in this idea that if I raise my kids in a home where they know that we most of the time have dinner, that will have a positive impact on their lives. And I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Pollan, who's a food writer and really talks about eating mostly plants and a lot. I mean, he's just, he's so great. But in one of his books, he talks about how the dinner table really is the nursery for democracy. And it's where we teach our kids how to take turns. It's where we teach them that it's important to talk about the highs and lows of our day. It te- It's where we teach them maybe how to disagree with one another politely. It's just such yeah. an important piece of the puzzle that while we're going to discuss some more specifics for meal planning and things like that, or prep, at the end of the day, just get to the table. I think that should be the number one priority for everyone. I love that. I love that because it's an easy first step. So as we're going to lay out some steps, the first step, we don't care what you put on your table. We care that you just take the time to sit with your family for multiple reasons, more than just health. Yes. And as you've already mentioned some ideas about what do you, how do you meal plan when you hate meal planning, you mentioned, um, you know, doing it, setting a set time and then doing something enjoyable at the same time, like you do the podcast at the same time as planning it. What other tips do you have for those who hate meal planning? So for, okay, so if you hate meal planning, like I said, what you've just laid out is perfect. Set a specific time, attach it to something you actually do love. Like maybe, um, you love a certain drink and you always have your drink at that time. I think that that makes such an important thing. Start small and do not make it too complicated. So if you decide this is the week you're going to start meal planning, I don't want you to go to Instagram and pick five new recipes that you've never made before. I want you to pick four recipes that you know your family likes and loves and that you know, even if that's dino nuggets and steamed broccoli, whatever, and one new recipe. Because if you set yourself up and make it too difficult, then you're going to just assume it's not going to work. So make it as simple as possible. I think that's really, really important. And as you master the habit of it and the ritual of it, then you can start adding more things into the mix. I think even with that, like even with, you know, pick, you know, four recipes you like, I tell people in fitness a lot, if they're like, I can't master the habit of exercise, I tell them, okay, start with three days a week. Start with three days a week, make that solid, then add a fourth. So if you're like, I don't have time to meal plan or meal prep, start with three days and then add a fourth and then add a fifth. And and don't try to be, don't be the person who's like, I'm going to learn to run. I'm signing up for a marathon next week. Just ease into it and realize like it's a process. It's going to take time. It's complicated for everyone. Meal planning to me, along with exercise, they're both very complicated things for people. They're, they're like the two, you know, tr- the two pillars of like, oh, I want to do both of these. I want to eat well. I want a meal plan. And I also want to exercise. And yet they like are intertangled and also a, a hot mess most of the time. Yes. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Both are worthy of figuring out, right? Worthy of figuring out is right. We feel so much better when we exercise and we feel so much better when we're intentional about what we are feeding ourselves and our family. Yes, that's true. So it's, it's really worth prioritizing. Now, 
once we've meal planned and maybe we want to venture into meal prep, but even if you're not ready to jump into meal prep, I still think this is a great formula that I use for families when they're meal prepping. And it's so simple that I don't even know that we can call it a formula, but we're starting simple and it's really focusing on a protein, a veggie and a carb. And that's, that's what I do for my family. So if I am doing full-blown meal prep, like on a Saturday or a Sunday, where I want to stick a few meals either in the fridge or freezer to have ready to go for a busy week, I focus on those three components. So from my protein, it could be anything from as simple as a shredded rotisserie chicken to salmon to shrimp to ground meat. Veggie, obviously, the most common ones in our house end up being broccoli or bell peppers or asparagus and carbs, which tend to be everyone's favorites, um, especially my kids are rice or sweet potatoes, tortillas. And that, if I can start with those three building blocks of a basic meal, that really, really helps me when I'm I'm transitioning from the meal plan to the prep and getting things done in advance. Yes. No, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I know for, I've mentioned it on here and even for my clients, we do a method the first week called naming your plate. Yeah. And I tell them, I just want you to to recognize macronutrients. I want you to recognize what the protein is. I want you to recognize what the carb is. I want you to recognize what the fat is. And when you're able to start recognizing those things, you're able to mix and match them a little bit better. And then you might look at your plate and realize if you're easing into health, you might realize, oh, I have three carbs on my plate, or I have all fats on my plate, or I have no protein, or maybe I have only protein and neither of the other two. But either way, when you can start to look at things that way, without having to add numbers or formulas or percentages, you can recognize, oh, this meal isn't balanced. Um, so maybe I need to make an adjustment. Like there's no, like I said, there's no protein. Okay. Maybe I need to think what I can add to the plate it, there's no protein. So it's a great way to look at meal planning as well in that in a way you're learning to recognize food as its base, which is a macronutrient, you know, and then build your meals around it. Totally. And even if Tuesday night is going to be boxed mac and cheese, because we're yeah. going to be intentional about it, yeah. thinking about, okay, is there a veggie that I, can I throw in some frozen peas or just, just, learning to train your brain to create that balance. And then for me, when I'm doing um, meal prep and I've got my, and I'll have to share, I have a, a brand of meal prep containers that I love so much. I swear it took me 10 years to find something I really love, but I love the Rubbermaid Brilliance um, meal prep containers. I love them so, so, so much. What is it about them you love? I'm curious. What is it? They all they stack so beautifully and I find that the seal stays the strongest and I don't notice any change in them going through the dishwasher. And I like that there's both glass and plastic, okay. um, but the glass and plastic still stack together. Oh, so they do together. I, <laughs> yes. So I'm such a fan of picking one brand of meal prep containers and whether you want to call that Tupperware or storage containers, whatever. And just having one, like if you have, if you open a drawer and you've got 46 lids that are different colors and different shapes and different sizes and different size containers, do yourself a favor, give yourself the gift of donating or trashing those, whatever you feel best with and buying one brand. The other thing I like okay. about these is that the lids are all the same size other than, I mean, for you can get like the segmented ones or, um, 
anyways, they're just, everything nests so beautifully. It's like a puzzle. And so when I open my drawer to look at those, whether they're for leftovers or meal prep or whatever it may be, everything just nests so beautifully. And it, I love it. Makes me so happy. So those are great. But but from there, I also want to focus on this idea of flavor boosters. And it's such a I should I should think of like a so would you call this for like beginners? Like for a beginner, yes. you're gonna focus on the balanced plate and then a flavor booster would be next. And a flavor booster. Exactly. So once again, we're keeping it simple. We're keeping it simple. So that can be things like Lime juice and cilantro grow, go great together. So if you're going to end up doing a green bowl where you've got to be, maybe got some greens and um, a shredded protein and some greens and you don't want to do, you don't want to make a sauce from scratch, just lime juice and cilantro. We know those go great together. Same thing for okay. lemon juice and garlic. Those go great together. Um, for my kids, Honey, whole grain, mustard. Those mixed together because I have different. I actually love honey and whole grain <laughs> yes. together. I, I make a salmon dish and it's like this honey, uh, mustard and and lime or yes. lemon. And, yeah. and it's a mix. And it I could like lick the salmon before. I so good. It. So I think it's important for people to realize good food does not have to be complicated. It really, really doesn't. And there are ways to add flavor where we can keep things pr- without adding a bunch of calories and things like that or sugar that really do make a big difference. And so those are ones that I use a lot. Um, even curry paste and powder, if you like that, and coconut milk. I use coconut milk a lot, whether um, like I'll cook grains and coconut milk sometimes, and that adds a little bit of, of extra flavor. But um, that really has, when I think about how can I create a, somewhat of a balanced milk, setting your plate, like you said, and then thinking about these flavor boosters so you don't feel like your food is boring. Um, just a few learning, those few combinations really can make a big difference in making food a bit more exciting. So maybe even taking the ones you have mm-hmm. and then taking some time and instead of looking for like all these grand ideas on Pinterest, maybe look for just ideas to mix like a couple of things together. Yes. Like, do you have any other ones? Like maybe, do you have like a guide of some ideas? Yes, <laughs> I yes totally. I have, in fact, this is one thing I do. I recently created a reel about this that was really popular. So if you take let's just go with chicken breast, right? But you really could do any sort of raw protein. You could do pork tenderloin, you could do a a ground meat. But if you, let's say, um, in what I shared in the reel was I cut up a bunch of chicken breast in like uh, bite-sized pieces. And then I took a bunch of veggies. So bell peppers, carrots, broccoli. You want to take things that would cook at the same rate. So you don't necessarily want to add sweet potatoes with broccoli because they cook differently, but like onions, bell peppers, a cruciferous vegetable, something like that. We're putting these all in freezer bags, right? And so I have like five freezer bags that have chicken, veggies, chicken, veggies, chicken, veggies, chicken, veggies, and then take three different marinades. So maybe that's an Italian marinade or a teriyaki marinade or a honey mustard marinade. And we're going to add that on top, mix it all together, freeze them flat, and they're in your freezer. And you have five really simple meals. Now from here, what you can do is you can turn it into stir fry. You can turn it into chicken. I just did chicken pitas the other night. I had a curry marinade and we did chicken pitas with Greek yogurt and it was so, so yummy. Or you can make sheet pan fajitas. So you can take this same thing where you take the cut up, protein with the cut up veggies and that flavor booster that we've added. And you can do anything from tacos to fajitas to pitas 
to stir fry. It's just kind of packaging it a different way. Same food, different booster, different flavor booster makes it different. And then you feel like you're having a different theme food, but yeah, you're still having some quality food that wasn't super complicated making five different meals. It's just spaced out and served differently. I love that. Exactly. So if you were interested in meal prep and if this might be something that would work for you, this would be a great place to start because you can do this. I want to say in under 30 minutes, but I'm going to be more realistic and say under an hour, you could take a bunch of veggies, a bunch of chicken and a couple of different marinades and you could literally create five to 10 packets that you can put in your freezer or you could put them in your fridge if you plan to use them that week and easily turn those things into the things we just laid out. Anything from tacos to fajitas to pitas to stir fry. And that would be a great way to experiment with this idea of meal prep and how that could save you on some of those nights that feel extra challenging. Okay, that that is a great idea. What other ideas do you have for simple meal prep? Because we talked about planning, and if we're going to move from planning into prepping for yep. some people where they're ready to prep, what other ideas do you got there? Because I love that one where it's like same food, yep. different, different, you know, angle, basically. Different booster, <laughs> different booster, baby. Right. So the next thing I want to talk about is actually material. So I help people not only, I help people organize their kitchens, but I also help people outfit their kitchens. And I think that outfitting yourself with the right tools can make a huge difference when it comes to enjoying the process of meal prep. And there's two things I want to talk about, a big cutting board and a really good sharp knife. I think so many people are using cutting boards that are a either too small or heaven forbid, they are the plastic flimsy cutting boards from Ikea that you put in the dishwasher and then they curl up on the sides and you think you hate chopping vegetables. Well, I hate chopping vegetables on those. Those are (laughs) terrible. They are terrible. So if you're going to get serious about meal prep, I highly suggest investing in a good big cutting board. Now, just because it's big doesn't mean it has to be super heavy because lots of people will say that to me. Oh, I don't want a big, heavy cutting board. My favorite cutting boards, they're called Epicurean and it's like a wood composite board that can go in the dishwasher and you can get them big, but a bigger work surface is easier to work with. So if you are going to be slicing and dicing and chopping a bunch of veggies and protein, get yourself a big work surface. It's so much harder to do it on a little tiny cutting board. And then as far as a knife goes, um, I get a lot of questions about knives. And ultimately, I suggest investing in the knife that feels best in your hand. And that's a little bit of an annoying suggestion because that means that you might have to go and hold some knives. But if you're serious about this, going to a Williams-Sonoma or a Sur La Table and actually holding the knives, I think is, I used to teach knife skills classes for years, but it's so important because um, your husband may love like a 12 inch Japanese knife, but that knife may feel huge in your hand and it may be really difficult for you to use. I have like really small, like childlike hands. So I use a knife that only has a five inch blade and it's small and it's so much easier to do my meal prep because it feels like the right size for, for me. So if you want to invest in a knife, do that. If you don't want to go that far, all I recommend is that your knife is sharp because a sharp knife is not only safer, it really is so much safer than trying to use a dull knife. I don't know if you've ever tried to break down sweet potatoes or butternut squash with a dull knife, but it is not a safe situation. And you're going to think, I hate this. 
because it's hard. It's hard. But no, my sh- husband's definitely called me out that he's like, what knife are you using? What 27 <laughs> knife? Then you chose the worst knife in the whole tour. And I'm like, it's fine. And then he literally will switch me out the knives. And I'm like, oh, this is way Oh, this is much easier. <laughs> because once again, we have to make this easy. So I want you to make sure you're using a sharp knife. And if you have knives that are dull, and I'm going to say this because people, people are convinced that Cutco knives that their mom got 30 years ago are still sharp. Even Cutco knives go dull. And I, that is not my recommendation, but I, if you have not, I just want you to sharpen your knives. So that can be as simple as you can actually take your existing knives to those two places I just mentioned, Sir Latab or Williams Sonoma, and they will sharpen your knives professionally for a dollar an inch. So for my five inch knife, it would cost $5. And that's a great thing to do. If you know you're going to meal prep through the summer, get those knives sharpened, get yourself a nice big cutting board. And I think that that, that can help a lot. It's a simple thing as even when people start a fitness program and then they'll be like, oh, I don't like doing it because my shins hurt or my feet hurt or whatever. And I'm like, it's because you have bad shoes on your feet. And if you're going to do this process and you're going to do it an hour a day or, you know, 30 minutes, however long you're going to start your workout routine, if you're wearing runner shoes and you're doing HIIT workouts or if you're trying to run and you're in lifting shoes or whatever it is, it's not going to be very enjoyable and you're not going to like it. You want to feel good in what you're doing. And that's the point you're trying to make is have the right things to make it easier so that the process, which already takes time and we don't love doing, is easier. Make the process easier. So I love that to just like make sure you have some decent tools so you're not swearing at your tools in the mail. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Another tool that's so great when I do, when I meal prep, prep regularly is whether it's a pressure cooker, an instant pot, or even a slow cooker for kind of bulk prepping proteins or grains, that can be another, a, another really great tool. So if you're, um, if you're no, if you think you want to do that and you don't own one of those things already, or maybe you have one, but you've never learned how to properly use it, that can be a great tool, but it's going to take a minute to figure out the learning curve. So make sure you know how to use it properly. Perfect. Okay. So have some tools ready for meal prepping. Any other tips to like make the process a little easier? For meal prepping, I would give you the same tip as meal planning where you have a set time to do it. Because especially as women where many of us are mothers and we are, um, you know, there's so many things going on in our brain all the time. If you do not carve out a set time to do it, there's nothing worse than walking around all day being like, I know I got to do this. I know I got to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do it, but that compounds. And that is so difficult. So if you are serious about meal prepping, whatever time it is for you, set it aside, share with your partner that this is going to be the time that I do this. This is my time to do this. Set a reminder in your phone so that you don't have to carry that weight around with you where I know I need to do this, but I don't know what I'm going to do it. Free yourself of that by really setting aside some time to do it. I know a piece of meal planning that is very complicated for people is protein. And my followers know if you listen to podcasts, protein is your friend. Protein is what builds muscle. Muscle speeds your metabolism. It's what right. helps you feel healthier. Obviously, we need plenty of whole foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, all kinds of things. But typically, I found it's not complicated for people to eat those as much and they recognize that. But the protein prep mm-hmm. and having different proteins is complicated. So do you have any simple ideas for people for meal prepping protein to make that 
easier? Yes. Yeah. The first one I go to, and this just happens to be one that works really well for not only me, but my family right now is a rotisserie chicken is my best friend. So I, there is not- I'm big into those too. We get one almost every (laughs) week. (laughs) I, there is not a grocery order that happens where I don't include a rotisserie chicken. And um, what's great about the rotisserie chicken is that you can serve it as is, right? And I I have a reel that's all about how to reheat a rotisserie chicken because a lot of people will say, well, I got one, I put it in my fridge, but now I don't know what to do with it. And it it's harder to break down when it's cold. So whether or not you're reheating it or you're shredding it to include with meal prep, um, also Costco sells rotisserie chicken that's pre-shredded. And oh, yeah, that's, we buy that too. <laughs> oh, see, I'm telling you, but that yeah, we is buy that too. It doesn't get easier when it comes to making protein simple. I'm such a fan of utilizing a rotisserie chicken. So by all means, do that. The other thing I want to recommend is ground meats. I think people forget about ground beef, ground turkey, ground chicken, ground pork, and those. It's like impossible to to cook them wrong. Like I think a lot of people feel in, intimidated by cooking protein, that their chicken's going to be dry or that they're going to overcook, whatever it may be. But a ground meat is so easy to add to so many different types of things. And it's hard to screw it up. You're right. And it's hard to like when you're reheating, if you have a chicken breast, like I, I can, my husband teases me. He's like, you can eat chicken that is dry in yeah. the middle of the Sahara desert. And you can eat chicken that is like moist. Like to me, chicken's chicken, but he's more particular. And I know a lot of people are that way. And so he can't do reheated chicken breast. He's like, it's never good. But with ground meat, even reheated, it, it doesn't change it. It's the same. It's, right. it's not worse reheated. So it's a great meal prep item. Yep. And I find that with my young kids in particular, my two-year-old and my five-year-old, they're more, I, it's easier for me to get protein in them when it is small. Like if I okay. give them chunks of chicken breast, it usually doesn't get it. Well, my two-year-old, they don't, but not my five-year-old right now. Okay. But something about ground meat right now, they are so into. And so I, it's easier for me to hide sometimes too, whether I'm doing like a, a, a sauce that I can throw it in or something like that. You can mix it in with rice easily. You can just mix in the things and they don't even know because maybe they won't eat it plain. Right. But like if you toss it together or something, put in a tortilla or something, it's easier to make sure they're getting it in. And protein is super huge for children yep. in their ability to grow and develop. It does their hair. I mean, yep. not does their hair. Nobody does my Nobody hair. Nobody does their hair. <laughs> <laughs> it helps their hair grow. It helps yeah. their skin. It helps their nails. It helps their bones. It helps bone density for older adults and everything. So you can weave it in better when it's sneakily get it in. Totally. So don't discount ground. And I have to admit, like growing up, my mom didn't cook a lot of ground meat. Like ground beef was kind of like, oh, we only associate that with hamburger helper and we don't eat hamburger helper. (laughs) And uh, so I didn't have it a ton growing up, but there's amazing things that you can do with ground meats. Like I have um, a really good Asian lettuce wrap where you can use ground chicken or turkey. That's so yummy. I do a ton of grain bowls for myself like that. If it's a dino nugget night for my kids, I usually like to throw together a grain bowl for myself. And that all comes from meal prep because I will almost always meal prep a pound of ground something, turkey, chicken, beef, whatever. And I've always got greens, whether they're arugula or kale or whatever. And I've always got grains. I always do um, a package of whether it's farro or quinoa or something. And I can 
put a bowl together so quickly of grains and greens and ground meat. And then I can add nuts on top. And if I've got any fruits or veggies, and then even if it's just lime and cilantro, that becomes a really easy meal for me that I can technically prep in under 30 minutes for myself. So, um, so yeah, don't forget about those ground meats. And if, if you're someone who says, I'm terrible at cooking meat. I don't know how to cook meat. Another tool I would recommend investing in, and it is an investment, is a really good meat thermometer. It's like having a an insurance policy on dinner. You don't mind dried chicken, but for your husband, <laughs> my husband uses a meat thermometer <laughs> every, every single time he cooks, and he teases me. He's like, "You just put the stove on high and you just <laughs> cook things," and and I'm like, "Listen, I have ADHD. I get distracted easily. That food's got to come out real quick." Yes, I, yes. He always uses a meat thermometer, and I will say his meat is a little better than mine. There you go. So that's a good tool too. If if you feel nervous about cooking proteins, um, and whatnot, that that can be a great thing to have. It does make a difference. And he just, he uses it even when he grills or on the stove or whatever. And he even has, he really loves um, cast iron pants. And he has one that even has ribs in it, like, like um, raisings. I'm, yes, they're not totally. Called rib- ridges. Like, yeah, ribs. ridges, sure. <laughs> we might put ribs in it, yeah. but <laughs> ridges. And when he makes, um, sometimes if you're someone who's like, I don't even have a grill. Yep. Like if you live in an apartment or a condo, he has a pan that's a cast iron pan and it has a ridge. It has a couple ridges. So when he puts steak on or chicken on, it still kind of cooks like a grill. Yep. But it doesn't have to be like, you know, on a grill because some people... Like I have a grill, you probably have a grill outside, but a lot of people I realize they don't even have space in their backyards for grill. Right, exactly. So it's a great idea to get a pan that's like that where you can still get that flavor of meat, change it up. Totally. You know, for some variety. I lived in New York City for 10 years, the first 10 years we were married. And so we didn't have access to a grill. And so I am very familiar using a grill pan and you don't have to spend a ton of money. Just get the Lodge grill pan. I think it's like $28 and it's, it, it's heavy, but that means it's a good conductor of heat, but it's also really narrow. So it doesn't take up a ton of room when you have to store it. And you're right. You get a great char on the meat. You can get it smoking hot. So I, that's another tool that I highly recommend if you don't have a grill, that can be a great way to cook proteins. Because I think a lot of people with proteins also, I love that you gave the example of, you know, easy proteins to reheat, but then sometimes they're like, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. They taste the same. And I'm like, no, because you can use your flavor boosters, like you you said, (laughs) and the way you cook it, whether you use a crock pot or you use an air fryer or you use a grill pan or you use, you know, whatever else. And you can still make those in abundance, Mm -hmm. but not, um still have them be totally different, you know, and even the texture is different when you cook them the different ways. Exactly. Which you mentioned it and I don't want to get off this podcast without expressing my love for an air fryer. They're the best. I love an air fryer, especially for whether you're reheating leftovers or reheating something that you've prepped in advance. That is, I think, the easiest way to establish a bit more texture if you feel like it kind of just all tastes the same. So I I don't like telling people to get a bunch of gadgets because I want your kitchens to be simple and I want you to use what you have. But of all the gadgets that have come, in, have come out in the past 10 years, I think the air fryer is probably my favorite. It makes sense. And especially if some people, I have people clients and they're texture people uh-huh. and they're like, I can't eat that because the texture and the air fryer makes 
the texture phenomenal. Yes. Like fresh. So if you are meal prepping meats or veggies or whatever it is, and you've chopped them all up and you've put them in the bags, like Kelsey said, or you, you know, you have them in little containers, you can get them in that air fryer and it will crisp them all up like it's fresh. Cause that's something that's hard for my husband. He's like, I don't like to feel like I'm eating a reheated meal. But when we put it in the air fryer, it does help with that. Or like you said, the rotisserie chicken, different styles of chicken, the beef, the ground meat, anytime we do ground meat, it doesn't have that texture either. So those are great ideas. Yeah. And I got to say, when I, whenever I talk about my air fryer, I have another tool that I pair with my air fryer that is just life. I, I don't feel like enough people know about this, but I have an oil spritzer. So I like using avocado oil. Um, you could use olive oil, but it is an actual, it looks like just a spray bottle, but it's made for oil. And so you can add whether it's your avocado or your olive oil to it. And especially when you're using your air fryer, rather than drizzling any sort of oil on it, um, just spritzing it, it establishes like a more even coating, whether it's Brussels sprouts or chicken or whatever, and it gets things so crispy and delicious. So I'll send you a link for that too. Yeah. We'll put that link in the show notes. And that makes sense to me. And now that you said that, I'm like, oh, I did used to have one of those. I should buy yeah, one right. again. <laughs> it helps disperse it better as well. Yes. So you're not overdoing it. Because sometimes people will be cooking maybe for you and two people. And they're like, well, I use three tablespoons of oil because they're trying to get in on everything. And you're yep. saying the spritzer, A, you use less of it. And it's still going to crisp things up. And then you're not wasting, you know, you can have, you're not wasting a bunch of oil on your foods if you're trying to be aware of like, I don't know, your fat intake. Some people are, some people aren't. That varies by person, obviously, but that's kind of nice too. And then it still makes it like more flavorful. Exactly. So I love, 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 love for roasted veggies on a sheet tray. I do a ton of sheet pan meals um, because of their simplicity as well. And just giving a quick spritz of your veggies and protein um, is such a great thing to do. Any other suggestions you feel like that would be like for meal prep would be like a game changer? Just like exercise and nutrition. I think the first thing you have to do is make it a priority. And I hesitate saying that because it's, I know it's so hard. I have been there. I have been in your shoes. I was actually going to ask you, like, what are you going to tell the busy moms? I, that was going to be the next question. So I'm like, okay, Kelsey, what are you going to tell the, yes, busy, the I, busy people? Not even just moms, but anyone who's busy. What do yes, you tell them? I empathize with you. I really do. I have been in that situation. But there is nothing more important than taking care of our bodies and our health. And that goes for our mental health and our physical health. And whether it's exercise or feeding us and our people, it is worth prioritizing. So I think the first thing you have to decide is this is important to me. And just like anything, it will get easier with practice. Expect it to be hard. Expect for there to be a learning curve. Expect that you're going to be frustrated. But I think it's worth prioritizing. So I, that really anyone's capable of doing it. If you can follow directions, you can do this. Anyone's capable of developing the ritual or the habit, but you do have to first get in the mindset of this is important to me and we're going to make this a priority in our family. Um, so that honestly is my first piece of advice is get to that point where you want it. And then the other things will fall into place. I agree with you. I, a while ago, did a podcast and we talked about when people say in general, I'm too busy to exercise, too busy to eat healthy. And I had a coach one time explain it to me and say, change the wording. It's not a priority. It's not a priority to exercise. It's not a priority to eat healthy. And when you look at it that way, you're like, 
oh, but it is a priority because if I don't eat healthy, I'm actually going to end up having more health complications later. You're going to be more limited in what you're able to do. You might have less functionality as your body. So you can't hike, you can't walk, you don't feel great. You have brain fog. All of those things link to food mm-hmm. and exercise. So when you take a step back and I know everyone's busy, I promise you, I know. I know more than anything what it feels like to say, I don't have 30 seconds to give. I know that from the bottom of my heart that that's hard as moms to make that time. I would suggest for me because meal prepping can be hard for me and I teach Mm -hmm. it, but I have to say, okay, is it more important that I, you know, watch the show for 15 minutes or read this book or scroll on my phone Mm -hmm. or do all kinds of things that we are doing and we're not recognizing it because it's not necessarily a task, if that makes sense. Right. So we're not recognizing we're doing it. So if you can make meal prep like exercise, a task, something that you scheduled in, like you said, schedule it in, then you will recognize it as an appointment, something that you're just going to do. And then some of that extra fluff you don't even realizing is happening can ease a little bit. And you don't have to be perfect at it. Like you said, start small couple meals, you know, keep it simple. Totally. I say to my clients sometimes a meal plan is a plan. It's not a promise. So if you plan to make tacos. And it's not on, perfection. No. <laughs> if you plan to make tacos in two, on Tuesday and it didn't happen, who cares? You've got tacos ready to go for Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Like it's, you know, so it's, it's not, it's, it really will make your life so much easier, but you do have to account for a little bit of uncomfortable feelings as you get there, but it will be so worth it. Just like you prioritize women's health and nutrition and really teaching women to value their bodies. I, I just really feel like it is my mission to kind of simplify weeknight dinners and get people to the table because I have seen just how, how much benefit it can have on my own family's mental health and making me just feel like my life is a little bit more in control, which I think is something that as women, we all want. We all want to feel like we have a little bit more control. And if you can just get a better handle on feeding your family, I think you can do wonders. I love that. And as we've both said, like it has to be a priority. I know sometimes when people hear that, like you, you know, you felt it like I did where people feel like, oh, you're just putting more on their plate. You're just making these more complicated. Yeah. And I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal for both of us is find a way to start simple, find a way to meal prep two meals, find a way to take the very first, just do your meal planning. Don't even add prepping yet. Just add the meal planning, like decide if it's important to you. And if it's not important, then, you know, that's that it is what it is. You move on. Maybe there's other things on your plate that do take priority and that's okay as well. That's truly okay. But if it does matter to you, start simple, add steps, build slowly, go from planning to prepping to different types of prepping to, as you said, adding one new recipe a week, doing things you're used to, all of that just slowly adds up. And you're doing great. Everyone's doing great. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I really feel it. I I feel it so much. I have so much empathy for women trying to do it all as a mom who works and is raising kids and is trying to help other women. You really, you are doing great. You were doing great. I love it. I love it. Kelsey, I really, really appreciate the tips you gave. And so I I really appreciate you being here and sharing your information. Where can we find you online, on 
social media. I know you have some ideas about food prepping and meal prepping that people might be really interested in and could be very helpful. Yes, you can definitely find me on Instagram and on my website. I'm Kelsey Nixon, both places, KelseyNixon.com and Kelsey Nixon on Instagram. And then if you are someone who is looking for more recipe inspiration, um, I have my monthly recipe club. And then I also have um, something that's that's great for someone who's looking to kind of organize and outfit their kitchen called Family Meal Makeover that really helps people get a better handle on family meals. And that's a course I offer. But um, yeah, Instagram's the best place to find me. And I'm so grateful to have been on here and to discuss this with you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Okay, wasn't Kelsey so amazing and relatable? The thing I loved most when we were speaking is I felt like I could make small adjustments based on what she suggested and it wasn't going to be over the top. And that is really important to me. I hope that you got some simple ideas of how you can adjust. And if you're looking for some good recipe ideas, I will add a show note link to her recipe club idea so that you can get some recipe ideas or meal prepping ideas for you if you're wanting to add some variation. I promise even if you just make some tiny adjustments, it's not about you making a new you. Like new year, new me. I'm not a huge fan of that because I think you're amazing the way you are. But I do believe that we can make small adjustments that can make us feel better on the inside, which is more important to focus on. And normally when we work from the inside out, it does start to show on the outside as well. But doing it from the inside makes such a big difference. And we can do that with true health, with solid nutrition, with being aware of our mental health, with good relationships and building those relationships, and with quality exercise. All right, that's it for today. As always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. We'll chat next week.